0: Your podcast home for all things Coastal Athletics. This is The Shot Pod. Now here's your host, Sam Weederhaft. Happy Halloween, Coastal fans. I'm Sam Weederhaft, your spooky host here on The Shot Pod. Already we've reached the end of October and have some seasons finishing up. We'll talk about that. Our guest this week has made quite the impact For the Coastal men's soccer team, despite being a transfer for his senior year, it's goalkeeper Tor Saunders. He joins the pod this week to talk about the undefeated Shauna Clears. But first, let's recap what Coastal has done in the past week. Women's soccer played their last regular season match last night on Wednesday and took down Georgia Southern 1-0. This ended their losing streak of two games, and it was all thanks to Mackenzie Gibbs. She scored her team-leading fourth goal of the season and 10th of her career in the 58th minute to send the Shants out with a win in their final home match. Gibbs said that winning the final regular season game was crucial heading into the Sun Belt tournament next week.
1: I think it's just, it was really important tonight, it was the last home game and just getting everyone excited and this game, it wasn't going to move us in the rankings, but it was going to move them so we knew that George Southern was going to come out on fire and we just tried to play. Um, I know the seniors with, like, emotion and heart and everything, and it helped our confidence after losing this past weekend. We all know that we can make it all the way.
0: The shots finished the regular season at 6-4, and four, which is third place in the Sun Belt East Division behind South Alabama and Georgia State. Women's volleyball remained one of Teal Nation's three undefeated teams last week with another three-match sweep over the Troy Trojans. Thursday's morning slate was an easy set sweep for the Shants, but they were put to the test for the nightcap. Coastal took the first set 25-17, then it was Troy taking the next two sets and putting the Shonts against the wall. Coastal took the fourth set, and in the fifth and final set, the Shauna Clears would wrap it up with a tight 16-14 win to take the match. They responded with a 3-1 win over Troy the following day, and Coastal Carolina moves to 9-0 and continues to lead the Sun Belt East Division. Annette Namath would have the most kills in the first match with 18 and the final match with 13. Ani Bozdava totaled 18 kills during the Thursday night match as well. Libero Lena Perugini said this team's in a really good spot and they're enjoying this run.
1: We didn't get down on ourselves
0: and we knew, regardless of the point deficit, that we would be able to come back and that we would be able to hold them to a 3-0 weekend. We're having a lot of fun. I mean, it's going by really, really quick because it's 9-0 within only three weekends. But we're having a lot of fun and we are just preparing for each weekend coming and knowing that soon the Sunbelt tournament's coming up, soon we're going to be finishing the East and we need to continue to take on every weekend like we've been the past three. But it's also really fun because every single weekend we found improvements that we've had and we've been just getting better and better every weekend so to see where we will be by the Sunbelt tournament um, is going to be really cool. In women's golf, Frantiska Lunakova finished sixth place in the Terrier Invitational that wrapped up on Tuesday. She shot eight over in the three-round tournament and was just five shots back of the leaders. Sophia Carlson was the second highest finisher for Coastal shooting 12 over and finishing tied for 12th place. America's favorite football team moved up to number 21 in the coaches poll and number 20 in the AP poll this week after a 28-14 win over Georgia Southern on the surf turf on Saturday afternoon. It was a hot one, over 80 degrees, but the shots came to play. This time, it was without their star quarterback, Grayson McCall. The redshirt freshman has gotten a lot of national attention and was ruled out right before the game started with an upper body injury. So it was Fred Payton's offense on Saturday. He's a familiar face for Coastal fans. He played in seven games in 2018 and started the first six games of 2019. So his experience was crucial for this game. Payton said, allow me to reintroduce myself on the second drive of the game, connecting with Sam Denmark for a big score.
1: Second out 11 from the 28. Two backs in there with Peyton.
0: Peyton, he'll fake the dive. He wants to pass. He's got all day to throw a deep ball. Has a man wide open lookout caught. It's going to be a touchdown. 72 yards. Touchdown. Let's get it. Shot a clear. The two teams would trade possessions, and Charles Overson would have to punt from the Sean's end zone. And Wesley Kennedy, the third, returned at 60 yards for the Eagles' first score of the game at the end of the first quarter. Coastal took the lead in the second quarter on a pass from Peyton to Cameron Brown to make it 14 7. Right at the end of the half, Georgia Southern would capitalize off an interception, and J.D. King ran it in from five yards out to even the score, 14-14, to heading into halftime. The third quarter was silent, and Coastal had an opportunity at the beginning of the fourth quarter with a 41-yard field goal attempt from Massimo Biscardi. He would miss it wide left, and this game was still tied heading into the closing minutes. The Black Swarm defense forced a three and out, and the running game opened wide open. With Shermari Jones and C.J. Marable trudging down the field, and Fred Payton would cap off the drive with a 24-yard pass to Marrable to retake the lead. Shamari Jones, C.J. Marrable in there at the running back positions. Fred Payton pass looks down the middle, caught. It's gonna be a touchdown. Trying to clear. C.J. Marable, let's get it. It's time to shine for the shots. The defense would not let Georgia Southern budge, and with the help of a 46-yard punt return by Javon Hiley, the Clears would put this game on ice. From the 20, here's Peyton. He'll ride it off. First down, Shamari. Oh, <laughs> he's up to the left. Reese White. He's into, the he's into the end zone. Let's get it. Touchdown, Clears, Reese White, a Georgia product. As a team, Coastal edged out the Eagles with 382 yards of total offense compared to 218 fred payton finished 15 of 28 for 252 yards three touchdowns and two interceptions the offensive line had an uncharacteristic game allowing three sacks but javon Hiley was the leading receiver five catches for him for 107 yards the black swarm defense racked up four sacks with enoch McConzo taking down the eagles quarterback shy Wirtz two times and how about to jordan strong Two interceptions on the day and his total of three on the season ranks first. Number one in all of the NCAA in total interceptions and the community college transfer who got to campus in January is getting used to being presented with the black turnover cloak, it seems like, every Saturday. It's Coastal's first and 5-0 start since 2015, and it's already tied for the most wins in the Shant's Young FBS history. And the three Sunbelt wins are the most wins since joining the conference back in 2017 for Coastal Carolina. Seems like every week we're talking about a new milestone as this team continues to reach new heights nobody thought they'd reach at this point in their football history. In men's soccer, Georgia Southern came to the CCU Soccer Stadium on Sunday afternoon trying to disrupt the Shant's 3-0 record. The Eagles were looking for their first Sunbelt win this season. It didn't take long for Marcelo Lodge to find the net for his third straight game with a goal, and the shots went up 1-0 in just the fourth minute. <laughs> okay. It stayed there until the 81st minute when Thomas Jackson found Adam Davey for an Eagles score and this game went to overtime. As time was running out in the first OT period, Thomas Fielding passed a ball in and freshman Ethan Hackenberg scored his second goal of the season on a header and gave Coastal a 2-1 overtime win to improve their record to 4-0. The Sean Clears took 17 shots for the whole game with eight of those being on goal and limited Georgia Southern to just five shots and two of them being on goal. As I mentioned before, goalkeeper Tor Saunders joined the show this week. The senior transfer from Akron has been huge for the Shants as the backstop. He's won the Sunbelt Defensive Player of the Week award already two times and has two shutouts despite Coastal only playing in four matches so far. The men's soccer team has two games left. So I talked to Tor about that, closing out their fall season and a lot more about this year's team and his own personal soccer journey. So here's our interview with goalkeeper Tor Saunders. Tor Saunders, thanks for joining us here on the Shot Pod. You definitely get the award for tallest guest we've ever had on the Shot uh, Pod standing at 6'5". So yeah. congratulations on that. I appreciate that. Um, we're happy to have you here. Uh describe to me to just to start off with describe to me what this season has been like with the lack of matches, only six regular season matches and how the COVID protocols have affected kind of your day in and day
1: out process. Yeah, no, definitely. It's been a unique season, you know, one that none of us were prepared for, but uh, one that we're definitely taking in stride. Um, you know, when we it obviously it came about in last spring, we kind of heard with everything that shut down school and everything like that, we were all Everyone was kind of just trying to stay fit during the summer, trying to get ready for the, the fall season. If there was a fall season at the time, we obviously didn't know. Um, and they kept telling us we were having what we were having. So we were pushing each other. And when we came back on campus, um, you know, there's still a little bit of questions about what was going to happen. But obviously, here we are. We're playing games now. So, uh, you know, it's, I'm, I'm happy with it. Um, there, it was definitely tough. You know, we're, our preseason usually is about two weeks. Maybe and now it was maybe a month, month and a half waiting for games. So, you know, now that we're playing games, I know the entire team's happy to be playing games. And me personally, I love it because you know that's what that's what you dream about. That's what you want to do. It's been it's been different, like we said. You know, uh, as a team, we've we've had to really focus on you know avoiding contact with unnecessary people if we need uh, if we can, yeah. just because if you get tested positive and you have to sit out for 14 days in a in a six eight game season that's 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 a lot of time that you're going to miss so you know i know the team's been really good about staying staying away from people and you know focus on just school and soccer and you know obviously on the field it's been good for us so far being four and oh we can't we can't complain too much and you're so. a senior it's your first year
0: with coastal you transferred from akron last year a big soccer school over in ohio what went into that decision to transfer and then how did you land on the shauna clears
1: yeah um You know, I went to Akron for four years. Like you said, um, I had a good time there. and I had a lot of success with the program over there. Um, For me personally, four years is, you know, a long time to be set in one place, uh, one place away from home. So I was ready for for a new challenge in a new place. And to be honest, you know, I was looking for some nicer weather. And so coming down here, definitely, that was definitely something that, uh, that was a selling point to me. But mainly for me, I wanted to, Leaving Akron, you know, a top program, I wanted to come into another program that was going to have the ability to compete for a national championship. And I, I mean, seeing how the team had done last year in the, the NCAA tournament, I knew that they had a team with the capabilities for it. So that was a big selling point for me.
0: I think 75 degrees in the middle of October is uh, <laughs> a little bit better wetter than Ohio. Yeah, uh, For sure. You started every single match in 2019 in goal uh, for the Akron Zips. You started all 12 matches. Let's go through some some stats from last year. Collected 26 saves on the year with two shutouts. This year at Coastal, you've already collected 20 saves. I know that saves can be a little bit misleading, but you still have that two shutout number, and you've only played in four matches. What do you think has changed in your game from last year to this year?
1: Yeah, um, you know it's a lot different. Uh, you know, a couple couple different styles between the two. Um, for one, the Akron team that I was on last year struggled a bit. Uh, we just we couldn't get in the right right groove of things, I guess. Um, and to be fair for for the team like Akron they're a possession dominant team so as a goalkeeper you're facing two saves a match maybe something like that if you you know because they were keeping the ball the whole time now here it's a little bit more even with the teams but you know the defense has been really good to me here and that, that's helped a lot with the clean sheets um and you know it's given me more of an opportunity to show myself here than it was at the at Akron and you know I think we have a good confidence with myself and the defense between each other so we trust each other a lot and you know having the two shutouts and having to make a lot of saves has just shown that you know there's the trust and that we've been playing well together the first two weeks of the season you
0: get sunbelt defensive player of the week and back-to-back weeks what does that do for your confidence where you know the first week you're still the new guy you're a transfer a senior and then the next week you're the best goalkeeper
1: in the conference <laughs> yeah no I mean that, that was uh that was great for my confidence and you know like I said the first week I was only making one save in the game, so I, I put a lot of credit to the de- defense as well because they they helped, you know. I think a defensive player of the week award is, is more than one person for me personally because if the, I mean, to be fair, if it's the 11 guy or the 10 guys ahead of me aren't doing anything, and I won't be getting it, but the four guys, especially, you know, definitely, definitely give a good shout out to those four because they help a lot with, with the award. And obviously like, like you said, I mean, winning it back to back was massive for my confidence. Uh, Definitely, definitely feels like you're, you're setting yourself when you get into a new school and you're you're able to do that in your first two weeks. You're one of five true seniors on this team. Have you been able to step into more of a
0: leadership role, knowing that you've played soccer, collegiate soccer for a long time, you're just on a new team this year?
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, uh, we're we're definitely a really young new team. You know, having I don't even know the exact number of new guys, but there's a lot. Um, so so us the seniors had to step up and be be leaders, leaders within the group, even if you know some guys didn't want to. For me personally, I, I always I always like taking a leadership role and. Coming from a program that had, you know, lost in the national championship into a Final Four, I felt like I knew the ins and outs of the college game already, and it was an easy transition for me to come in and, you know, kind of hold that same standard that I had to hold in my old school. So I think that was important.
0: Yeah, I was just going to ask about that. There were 25 new players signed this year. A lot of turnover from last year's Coastal team that won uh, the Sun Belt Championship. What's the dynamic on this team? And in your mind, how is this team undefeated?
1: Yeah, I'd say the dynamic, the team, it's a lot of, you know, grit and grind guys, you know, guys that are going to work, work really hard and, you know, uh, make sure that they outwork the guys they're competing with. And I think that's really pushed us to be 4 now right now, because we haven't backed down to anybody, even if, you know, we we're out of games at some times where we were getting outplayed or something, we, we never backed down. And we were, we we're always working as hard as we can to, you know, fight for that result. So, I mean, the, team, the team's dynamic has been, it's been, it's been great. You know, It's a team that, that doesn't seem to give up. And they, they want to fight till the end. Obviously, two overtime wins already. That's a, that's a good sign of a team that, that wants to fight and win. Let's go back to last Sunday against Georgia Southern.
0: Coastal leads a goal in the fourth minute up until late. You let in a goal in the 81st minute. And it goes into overtime. You're getting a lot more pressure from Georgia Southern. How were you and the defense able to hold tight and allow Coastal to get that victory?
1: Yeah, uh, for us, we always say to each other, you know, w- when we're either, if we're at 1-1 or if we're we're up 1-0, we try and say to each other, you know, a clean sheet wins the game for us here. Because we know that if we can keep the clean sheet, we, we like our chance of scoring a goal. So that's, you know, that's what we said to each other. You know, we got, we conceded the goal in the 81st minute, like you said. Um, after that we were focused we just said, we had to you know go back to square one and say you know a clean sheets what we can do obviously you know we've had some defenders that have been scoring goals already this year for us but our main job was to keep it out of the back of the net and if we can do that then it'll give the guys up front to give us a chance to win.
0: Now it's gone by quickly but just two games left in this regular season Georgia State on Sunday and Georgia Southern once again on November 6th what's the mentality of this team just two weeks out from the Sun Belt championship tournament?
1: Yeah, I mean, like we talked about before, it's such a such a unique season because we're one of what eighteen fifth, so what however many teams there are less than twenty teams playing in the country right now. So there's eyes on us right now, um, and we want to keep proving ourselves. So I mean, we're we're four and zero right now, but at the end of the day, that doesn't mean anything. We want to be six and zero when the regular season's done, and at the end of the day of that, we want to win the conference tournament because that's that's you know that's the goal that I think everybody had coming into it. So. That's our mentality right now is we're taking every game at a time. We just want to win every game that we can play and just keep winning. You talk about a unique season, the Sunbelt
0: Championships in the fall, but the NCAA championships are going to be held in the spring this year. As of right now, is there any plan as to what happens after the Sunbelt Championship or are you guys just focused on what's happening right now?
1: We've talked about it a little bit. Obviously, our main focus is just winning the Sunbelt Championship because obviously if we can win the Sunbelt Championship, that's the automatic bid to the NCAA tournament in the spring and it, it would be a truly unique like we talked about with the season and everything it'd be truly unique if we could be already in the ncaa tournament at the end of the fall season when we still have the whole spring season to play you know that might give us a chance to work out some things in the in the uh the spring and uh you know really focus on ourselves more and be able to play a lot better too with that um so so right now we're just focused on the games at hand and I don't think there's any focus on the NCAA tournament really right now. Um, our only focus is on the Sunbelt tournament and how we can win that and get into the NCAA tournament with that.
0: Tor, I'll leave you with this one. What's it going to take for this team to remain undefeated throughout the fall season and capture a Sunbelt championship for the second year in a row?
1: You know, I think the big thing for us would be just to keep our mentality. You know, we can't get complacent. Obviously, we're 4-0, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything, right? The next game ever. Once once you go 4-0, everyone's got a target on your head. So. Um, I think we got to just keep playing how we have been playing you know we can obviously improve in a lot of areas but I like the mentality that we've had and we've been fighters so I'd love if we could keep that going Um, improve on a couple other things and just just really get a get ready for that Sunbelt championship and keep winning these games in the regular season. Tor Saunders thanks for joining us and good luck the rest of the season. Appreciate that thank you for having me. Warmer weather yeah we definitely have that here just
0: ask anybody that went to the football game last Saturday. It's great to have Tor Saunders visit the pod. He gets the first Shant Pod Award of the year, and we'll have to find a trophy that stands about 6'5 or something that fits him for that award. There were a lot of questions surrounding this team coming into this year with all the turnover, but head coach Sean Docking has all those questions answered, and the Shants are on a roll. They have a road match on Sunday against Georgia State at 1 p.m. The Teal won the first match on October 10th with a Co kotu goal in the 80th minute. That game was back at the CCU soccer stadium. The Panthers are seven and two overall and have a two and two conference record. That's right now tied with Central Arkansas for the second spot in the Sunbelt standings. A win for Coastal Carolina would secure the number one seed in the Sunbelt tournament in just a few weeks. Women's soccer is getting ready for the Sunbelt tournament as we speak. I mentioned before the shots finished as the number three team in the Sunbelt East division. That spot pairs up with the number two team in the West which is Louisiana, and that game will be played at noon on Wednesday, November 4th, in Foley, Alabama. The Raging Cajuns went 8-4-1 and one overall with a 4-3-1 and Sunbelt West Division record. They finished the regular season winning six of their final eight matches, and their offensive leader is junior Lizzie Mayfield. She led the team in goals and assists with five each, which put her tied for second in the conference in overall points with 15. Mackenzie Gibbs and Low Austin for Coastal both finish tied for fifth in goals with four on the year. So this will be a good one. In Foley, Alabama, it'll be streamed on ESPN Plus as the women's soccer team begins their postseason in the Sunbelt Tournament on Wednesday against Louisiana. Men and Women's Cross Country closes out their season with the Sunbelt Championship on Saturday in Mobile, Alabama. The Shonts have participated in two previous meets. Ashley Rolison finished in seventh place in the Gata Classic in September, and the Clear Challenge earlier in this month was Marissa Kilgriff finishing second place with Brad Wiggins on the men's side finishing in third place overall. The volleyball team takes their 9-0 record to North Carolina to take on Appalachian State for just two matches this weekend on Friday at 6 p.m. and Saturday at 1 p.m. The Mountaineers had a bit of their early season postponed, so they've only played six matches so far. Right now, they're 1-5 and, and sit in last place in the Sunbelt East Division. The football team heads to Georgia for their second Sunbelt Road game of 2020 and face off with the Georgia State Panthers. Once again, the game is nationally televised on ESPNU at noon on Saturday. The Panthers are right now fifth, last place in the Sunbelt East Division standings with a 2-2 two and two record, but don't let that fool you. They have wins over East Carolina and Troy last week, but their two losses, one against Louisiana, who was number 19 at the time, and one against Arkansas State, have both been decided by one score. They took the Raging Cajuns to overtime at home on September 19th and fell 34-31. Elijah Mitchell scored the game-winning touchdown for Louisiana in that one. Then it was a high-scoring game at Arkansas State on October 15th where the Panthers lost 59-52. to So this is a team that can compete with the top of the Sun Belt, and head coach Jamie Chadwell said they'll have to contain the highest-scoring offense in the conference.
1: You know, where they get you is they run the ball, run the ball, and then they do some play actions, and they get some big plays off of those play actions. We've got to we got to be really good defensively reading our keys and, and doing some good stuff there to, not, to make them earn it every snap. You know, just not give them the big plays where they can just, and that's how they've been beating. You know, beating teams are scoring a lot of points, they just give up some huge plays in the passing game.
0: Last year, the game was in Conway, and Georgia State came out with the win 31-21 in front of the largest crowd Brooks Stadium has ever seen. Coastal has one win in the series back in 2018, 37-34. It was their last visit to Atlanta. Again, it's a noon kickoff on Saturday for Coastal Carolina on ESPNU against the Georgia State Panthers. As always, you can keep up with all the action for all of our sports on the Shawnee Clear Athletics Twitter page at GoCCUSports and our website, GoCCUSports.com. We will wrap things up right there. Thank you for listening to the Shop Pod once again this week on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're getting your podcasts. Thanks to Tor Saunders for stopping by and discussing this weird but still successful season for the men's soccer team. This is Sam Have saying, Have a safe and fun Halloween, Till Nation, and go Shots.